0: Today's scripturing comes from Daniel chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into a den of lions. Now king established an injunction and signed a document so that it cannot be changed, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, This cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius sent a document and injunction. When Daniel, knew that the, the, when Daniel knew that a document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously.
1: Today's scripture comes from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the re- let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert waste, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Thirst Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works um, to children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. This is the word of the Lord.
2: hello good morning everybody and um so this past week pastor jason has asked me why you should give thanks to god even in the midst of struggles and um the reason is you give thanks to god even in everything that happens is because god is good you know like for me i don't have the best relationship with some people or like Yeah, something like that, and school has been really stressful this week before break, and maybe for adults, like, just work is, like, piling on them before everyone goes to vacation and all that, or, like, just life isn't going your way all the time. That happens a lot, and whatever happens in the world, whether it be good or bad, God stays the same. He's God. No matter what the world thinks or does, God always is the same and always will be the same. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The verse says to give thanks in all circumstances, but something a lot of people say is like, oh, I'm at a low point in my life right now, or like I'm too ashamed to face God at, the, at what state I am, but I really don't like it when you say that because the verse says just to come to him, it, like, God says come to him, but God never says to come when you're perfect or when you're when you're really well in your life, like when you're really happy. And God is always close to the brokenhearted. And when I'm lonely or I'm feeling tired, I just always remember that I can go to God when I'm weary and burdened. So give thanks to the Lord.
3: Thank you, John. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pia. Um, I think these are the stories that really encourage us that we all go through this journey. Um, as we continue on with this thankfulness, I would like to dismiss the children to go to uh, Kisman with, uh, with uh, Jenks, in Jenks Hall. Uh, Miss Ingrid and Mr. Nico <laughs> will be leading you guys out over there. And then uh, parents will be able to pick them up after worship in Jenks Hall as we'll be celebrating lunch together. I have the same jacket as John, and so I almost wore it today, and I should have, so we could have been like co-pastors today. Thank you so much. Can we give these three just a big hand? (laughs) So gratitude, gratitude. Um, Can we just take a moment to turn to someone next to you and just say, I thank God for you, and just really mean it, and just welcome one another with that greeting i thank god for you and for those online we thank god for you and those out there we thank god for you and i really want to mean that even if we just met that we thank god for you that life together is is better Uh, i think one of the best ways to express faith the most one of the penultimate ways that someone can share their faith in god is to say thank you god I mean, just think about how much faith it takes for one to say, hold on, I thank God for this. Because we're acknowledging first that there's an invisible being that the world says maybe we don't believe in, but you believe. And you're also acknowledging that you didn't conjure up all that you have out of the blue, but someone gave it to you. It's humbling. And so I think a glimpse of the kingdom of God is people living in absolute gratitude to God. I love this verse. I put it on, even on my Facebook. Psalm 34 verse 1 in the New Living Translation. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of his glories and grace. I think Thanksgiving is a reminder that we are people who live in this gratitude and thankfulness to a God. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. That speeding ticket thank you, God. <laughs> that, that bill that was a lot more expensive than I thought, God, thank you? <laughs> that, that friendship that might have dissolved, God, how do I thank you in this? Thank you? And so gratitude has to be a little different in the kingdom of God. And I think what those examples in, of themselves show is our gratitude cannot be conditional based on our circumstances, or else we'll We won't be grateful all the time, as we heard from Pia, Pat, and John. So gratitude is something that God desires for us. This is why he wants, you know why he wants us to be grateful? Because gratitude is physically good for you and mentally good for you. Did you know that grateful people have a better health and a better self-esteem? Like people who are grateful and always thankful, they, they live longer. People who are grateful also, they have better relationships. You know why? Because they actually can empathize. Hey, I didn't earn this by myself. I didn't have this blessed family. I didn't find this church and community out of the blue. God blessed me with it. And so we empathize. Grateful people, also, this is really interesting. They are more resilient to the obstacles and challenges of life. They're able to look at the storms and say, even now God is good and I could stand firm. I just have to be still God is here with me. I am grateful. And so the byproduct of gratitude is this. And this is where I want to challenge the church today. It's not just feeling grateful. It's not just saying we're grateful. The byproduct of gratitude is that we become blessors to others because we've been blessed. Um, I, I don't know, but whenever you feel you've been receiving many things from God, you either have two things. Your, your thought could be, oh, this is great. Life is good. I'm so happy. Others of you, I know this, you receive God's blessing, and you start thinking, how can, how can I bless someone with what God's given me? So whether it's like food, you share it. Whether it's a blessing, whether it's time. Some of you have a swimming pool, and you're like, I can't wait to invite people over to our house. <laughs> we want to just bless the people with it. Byproduct of gratitude is that we bless those around them. And so there are two kinds of layers of gratitude. So just in summary, one is this. I am grateful because in this moment, I have received something that makes me happy, and I am happy for now, right? That's, that's many of us. I mean, you, you got to be happy. Even animals get grateful. They get saved or they get fed. So we all get grateful, grat- grateful for what we have at the moment. The second level, though, I think is where God is leading us to challenge us is this. The biblical gratitude is we are grateful for this unchanging reason. God is true and God loves and cares for me. Therefore, I will have gratitude. So, there's two types of gratitude. We all experience the raise. I'm happy for the raise. We all experience the Wow, someone bought me free lunch. Great. And that's temporary, that's momentary, and we should be grateful. But the level that God is calling us to do is, do you have gratitude because I love you? I care for you. I will never forget you. My love is steadfast. And so biblical gratitude is 1 Thessalonians 5:16 and then 18. Be joyful always. Give thanks in all circumstances. And so, I love what John did. He, he made us think back at this week. We think back at this week. It hasn't been a great few weeks for our family, but at the same time, we can say we're grateful. Why? Because God still loves us. God cares for us. Our gratitude is unchanging to the circumstance because God's love for us is unchanging. So, this is why, as Ashley read in Psalm 107, It's just that first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Uh, Ethan, can we put up 107 verse 1? Psalm 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is what? Good. And what about that goodness? His steadfast love. What about it? Endures forever. Why do we give thanks to God? The psalmist is saying. He's saying because God is real. And not only is God real, Our God is good. Our God doesn't expect us to earn the right to be loved. He loves us while we were still sinners, Romans 5.8. He died for us while we were still rebels and evil and selfish. What kind of God is he? A God who doesn't hold back his son. He is good. And then not only is he good, but he loves us. Now, like for other religions, main religions, it's weird for them to hear that. That I could have a love relationship. You know, that's very Christian. Uh, other mainline religions do not have that aspect, especially Islam. You don't, you don't have a love relationship with God. And what do you see in David? David was the apple of God's eye. That Abraham was called out because he was a friend of God. And so the last is not only does God love us, but God's love is forever. And so, let's can we say that? Say forever. I am so grateful his love is forever, as opposed to term-limited, short-term, it's fleeing. No wonder why those who have this power of genuine gratitude, they bless God and bless others because they have this gratitude. Now, raise your hand. I just want to do an experiment. If you know somebody who is just constantly happy, joyful, generous, and filled with gratitude, do you know someone like that? Great. It's good. That's like almost half of us. And those people tend to be the ones who have this confident peace no matter what happens in life. They're not Im- immune to it. I mean, they still suffer, but they have this calm, resilient anchor in the ground no matter what comes. I think Buffalo got five and a half foot of snow this weekend. I mean, roofs are crashing down. Buffalo Bills had to go to Cleveland. And then how do you stand firm in a house? Like you've got to have a big, strong frame. I was telling Kathy, if we lived in Buffalo, I might have to go to the roof, and you've got to push the snow off the roof or it will crumble. That's the East Coast. None of you Californians understand that. <laughs> Maybe some of you. But, but this, this love of God, this anchor holds us together, this, this structure of God's love, and it gives us gratitude. And because of that, these generous people that you know there's a hope they have that's not connected to this world. They're the ones that you turn to and you share, and sometimes they give you a hug. Like, how are they like that? They have this peace and gratitude. They have a deep sense of joy. The people that I know all have this joy in a God who loves us. And so when we forget gratitude, it could, we could literally become monsters. Um, I want to do a quick share story. Um, So the Thanksgiving story that we grew up in, I grew up in the 1980s in New Jersey. We did the pageants, right, the the Native Indians, Americans, indigenous people, and then with the pilgrims, and then you did the whole sketch, and then you eat, right? And so the story goes that we we are taught in American schools is very partial. The partial part is the pilgrims came, it was cold, they were diseased, a lot of them didn't have food, they couldn't make it in the new world. So back in, like, Plymouth, uh, our family visited there. We went to the village. Um, The natives, the indigenous people came and provided corn and feast, and they were sustained. So they had a feast together. They made peace. And they lived happily ever after, (laughs) right? The true story, though, this is from a Smithsonian magazine. Um, It was an article written in 2019, and she She was basing on a book. Her name is Claire Bugos, and she wrote this article. And the title is The Myths of the Thanksgiving Story and the Lasting Damage They Imbue. It started like that. It was kind of the Wampanoag, where it's an Indian tribe, that received the pilgrims. And the chief was kind of pressured into reaching out to these white people, (laughs) these European settlers, because he was having conflict with other rival tribes. And he saw their struggle, and they indeed extended generosity. And the pilgrims were so grateful. They, they were able to learn how to, you know, build and, and get corn. Well, the Wampanoag people, rest of them, said, Chief, don't, don't trust them. Don't trust them. We don't know anything about these people. And so it started out really strong. And that image is still good, but within a few years the view, this is where the cultures clash. The way the Wampanoags view land is like kind of like, I think, Asians too. This land is not my land. This land is our land, right? And so even in our song, this land is your land, this land is my land. That, that, that part is pretty true. Like We share this land together. We, 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 it's our shared land. But the European settlers, they started encroaching and saying, thank you, Now we'll take this land. (laughs) Now this land is our land. And so the tension built up, and soon, within 50 years, if you've heard of this in their history, King Philip's War broke out. It was the war where, in the article it says, part of what King Philip's War was about is Wampanoag people saying, enough, you're not going to turn us into landless, subjugated people. And so the Wampanoag people were almost completely wiped out. They somehow were resilient, and they still made it, and their descendants are alive today in the Northeast, New England. And so it is true that the natives and the settlers were able to share this Thanksgiving meal, and there was gratitude. There was was thankfulness, like we're not going to die of cold and disease. But something changed, something altered, that from this momentary gratitude, it led to, just complete takeover. And so the history, and if you, I recall, I don't recall hearing and the Indians, uh, the Wampanoag natives gave their land to the settlers and everything was happy. That's not what happened. It was a brutal, bloody fight. And there was a wiping out of complete people. And so why am I sharing this? I don't think It's my job to judge the past. There was a different time, different culture, different history. Arguably, uh, we all have sins of the past, every country. I think what, what was glaring to me was from that image of Thanksgiving that we saw growing up, that we had gratitude, we had a turkey, we had corn, and we're feasting with different people. Why did we lose that? How did that become war? I think it's because our gratitude was anchored in the momentary things rather than in the infinite God. Now, some people will say, weren't the settlers Christians and they were trying to propagate Christianity? They were. And throughout history, I've been telling people, don't let history give credibility to Christianity just by our past because we're still fallen sinners just redeemed by grace. Look at it based on the truth and the integrity and the reality of Christ who is our Savior. And so this speaks to us today where if we lose the gratitude in God and it doesn't transform us, we can eventually go from gratitude to monsters and we still want more. So how do we live and transform into this? That we anchor into the hope that God is good, that God is provider, that God's love transforms us into people who are mindful of one another in gratitude not just for ourselves. That's to say, this Thanksgiving, what if we didn't just simply say, I'm thankful for what I have and my family has. God, you've been so blessing to us. How can we bless others in gratitude? This is the kingdom of God. Amen? That is where God is driving this world. And that's why the early Christians changed the world. They didn't live for themselves. They were burying Strangers that died of disease. They were dying as martyrs, loving their enemies. And so, this image today, only did you know only 4% of Native Americans are Christians in America? 4%. In a land where 60 to 70% of us say we're Christians, out of all the indigenous people, only 4%. And so, what would the kingdom of God look like if we were filled with gratitude in Christ's love? It would be radical. It would reach out, and so the so the main point is that what if God's grat- God's blessing in our lives, the gratitude in us changed? So gratitude is a choice. It is something that we choose to live in, just like love. First Corinthians thirteen. It's not an emotion. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. You know all that. It's not an emotion. Love is not a feeling in the Bible. If you look at the Bible, love is a sacrifice. It's a willingness. Does God enjoy loving Jason Coe? Does he go, man, he makes me happy? I don't think all the time. But what does God do? He pours love by giving and blessing. It's an action. So 1 Corinthians 13, it's not how you feel love. It's how love looks even when you don't feel like loving them. And so this is why Paul writes choose love. And in the same way, the Bible challenges us, you can choose to be grateful even when you don't have a lot. Gratitude can be a choice. So there was that slide when the people were sharing, I choose thankful. I choose grateful. So Daniel 6 tells us this. So real quick, and this, I'm not going to go into that long. Daniel 6, uh, have, have, has anyone in here been threatened with your life for praying to God? I think some of us may have as missionaries. or, But I don't think there's anyone in California that was told, if you pray to your God, you will die. I don't think that's happened yet. Yet. <laughs> it can. And so what do you do if you're a Hebrew boy living in a foreign land and these jealous rivals look at you and they say, this guy Daniel's got to go. This guy Daniel's making us look bad. King Darius likes him more than us. So they fool the king and say, hey, can we make a new rule, king? What if for 30 days we say no one could pray to any other god except you? And King Darius, verse 9, says, I like that. That's a good idea. (laughs) Like a good king. And so what strikes out is what does Daniel do? Verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows. So he intentionally goes to his house, goes in front of a window where everybody could see him after this document was signed. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed. Who did he pray to? We know he wasn't praying to Darius. He was praying to God. And I never saw this in all the years. I'm 49, 48 years old, read Daniel like, hundred times and read it to my children in children's book daniel prayed right before he got thrown to the lion's den i never saw this did you see what he does after he prayed he gave thanks to god do you feel thankful when your life will be threatened for doing something you enjoy doing daniel was threatened Daniel was prohibited from praying to God. And what does he do? He prays and he gives thanks to God. And then how does he do that? Why did he do that? Friends, this is the message for us today. The last five lines, as five words, as he had done previously. In other words, this is pretty powerful. Gratitude and praying wasn't something he did out of rebellion. It's What he has been doing his entire life. Praying three times a day. Giving thanks to God every day. So when this law injunction was given, he said, I'm not changing a thing. You could throw me to the lion. I am going to pray and give thanks to God. I want to live like that. Do you want to live like that? This is how grateful people are made. They choose Gratitude daily in prayer and say, God, this day I give thanks to God. See, that's the difference between kingdom people. You could get a speeding ticket. You might even get fired. And we saw that video that shared. You could have a bad day. And that night, faith is saying, God, this was not the best day in 2022. But still, I will give thanks unto the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever. Amen? That's gratitude that will change you and hold you, persevere you throughout all the storms. So, there's a children's song I'll end with. (laughs) Um, Do you guys know this song, Happiness is to Know the Savior? Remember that song? Don't make me sing it. But, you know, it goes, happiness is to know this. How many know that? Is it? Okay, so so I'm not going to sing it. So it goes, happiness is to know the Savior, living a life within his favor. Having a change in my behavior, happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation, Jesus and me in a close relation. Having a part in his salvation, happiness is the Lord. And then the chorus is, real joy is mine. No matter if the teardrops start, I found a secret. It's Jesus in my heart. That's good theology for children. I grew, that, I grew up singing that since kindergarten. It's still, it's still in my head when I'm jogging, and I'm not, I'm not sure why it pops up. But my happiness is to know the Savior. And so Jesus says, don't be sad when there's a tragedy, a tower fell, and people died. You know what real sadness is, Jesus says? Real sadness is to die and to be thrown into hell because you don't know God. That's real sadness. Real fear is not that someone could kill you. Real fear is fear the one who can kill you and then throw you into the abyss. And so real joy becomes the opposite. Real joy is happiness, knowing the Savior who loves me enough to die for me. Who claim me, who prove that God is indeed a good God of Daniel, God is indeed the good God of the, of the psalmist, and he's your God and my God because he sent his only son Jesus to die and rise again. And because of that, we have gratitude that we could love and be loved by the credible God. So, as a response to this, let's pray. And after this, I want to just give us a time at the moment right now. Let's tell God how grateful you are for who God is. Let God know your gratitude. Take a moment in your own words to share, not because of my circumstances or what I have, but because of who you are, because of what you've done, Because how you've proven yourself over and over again that you are the true God. I am thankful. And then I'll close this in prayer. God, the application of this truth to be thankful always and rejoice in every circumstance, it's powerful. Lord, I'm, I, I'm thinking about even when we lose a loved one, to think about you, we can find gratitude because you hold in your hands resurrection. You've defeated even death. You've given us special people in our lives to leave a legacy to be cherished, to know love, have relationships. And so even in tragic moments, we give thanks to you, God, because you are God and that none of these stories around us is fleeting and they're apart from your will. So God, we give you thanks as the one who also loves us. And once once in a while, we don't get to hear enough that we are loved and you, you remind us through songs, you remind us through scripture that we are dearly loved. You remind us through strangers or random people in church that come to us and say, you are seen and loved. And because of this love that comes from your love, we are grateful. So God, hold us. May some of us in here desperately want to have a heart of gratitude. May may their eyes be opened to see you, God, as the one true God who delights in them who speaks to them, and who whispers their name. May we listen. May we have gratitude. And may we choose gratitude no matter what the circumstance. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.